Hi, CityCast listeners. Today, we've got the first of an occasional series about Houstonians with cool jobs. We're talking to Houston Poet Laureate Outspoken Bean about what the heck a poet laureate does and how does a poet support himself. It's Wednesday, October 19, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Bean, thanks for being with us this morning. Hey, good morning. Hello. Thank you. Brooke and I are really excited to talk with you. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Been looking forward to it this week. You are Houston's Poet Laureate. Yep. What the heck does that mean? What does a Poet Laureate do? Well, um, a Poet Laureate is basically a fancy word as a, for like a poetry ambassador, if you will. and and, and, and the way you become a, a laureate is you have to be appointed by a governing body. So, or, uh, so a president, there's a, there's a poet laureate for the United States. The youth mm-hmm. poet laureate of the United States is uh, Amanda Gorman. Oh, I love her. Yeah. And, um, and then there's a Texas poet laureate, which is Lupe Mendez uh, currently. And I'm um, the Poet Laureate of Houston, and I was appointed by Mayor Turner last year. And so what does it mean? What do you have to do once you're appointed? Poetry stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Can you elaborate Uh on what poetry stuff (laughs) means? Uh, I'm joking. Um, So to become a Poet Laureate, it's it's actually an application Uh to apply. Okay. And then in my application, I had to put a process that I have to do like a project um, or something you know, dealing with like community engagement of sorts. And so what mine is, is, uh-huh. is it's going to culminate to the Space City mixtape where Ooh. I am taking stories from, from people here in Houston, uh, taking different stories and I'm going to be writing poetry, using poetry to weave it together. Um, and I was having free, uh, storytelling workshops at the Houston Public Library, and uh, that process is done. So now it's like creating the album, really. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be free for everyone. Oh, whoa. Okay. So are you using people's actual voices, splicing them mm-hmm. in, and in between you're doing poetry and linking it all together? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So yeah, and people, people have a lot to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the idea, what is the idea? It's about just being in Houston? No, not being in Houston, whatever they want. So my three yeah. my my three things that I look for or that I tell people before they share their story is okay. um it's it's hue, you and true, right? So hue <laughs> as in it needs to be Houston based, right? It needs to be mm-hmm. Houston based. Yeah. And that can be in I've kind of stretched out. That can be in locale or that can be in heart. Uh-huh. Um it needs to be about you. You need to be the main character. I'm not really interested in <laughs> the side characters and all that. You need to be the main character. And um and true. Uh-huh. Needs to be a true story. Don't be getting up here lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like have it be a true story. And yeah. and the things that people have shared has been has been great. And um and it's gonna be done to music. So uh my oh. music producer, his name is uh Russell Russell Guest. I honestly wouldn't have this project without him. So he and I have been collaborators for a long time and and yeah, it's just going it's going great. Oh, this is gonna be a real mixtape. Oh yeah, yeah. And um 
Are you like gonna sell it from the trunk of your car? How will it go out? Yeah, I missed that. I missed the nineties. <laughs> it's not gonna be distributed on cassettes. Yeah, <laughs> it will be. It will be distributed through Spotify, uh-huh. and it will be distributed through the Houston Public Library. Mm-hmm. Okay, it will be theirs. And so, if there is any money that comes from it, I won't be seeing it. <laughs> and um, and then the other thing. That like and Space City, like you know, Houston is known as Space City. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think about Space City. That it wasn't that name. It was a different way of like the spaces that we that we take up. Oh. That we uh that people from all around. We have a a lot of space for different peoples, different backgrounds, different languages, different just the differences. So. So yeah, it's a play on Space City, but it's more of like yeah, like the space the space that we fill that Houston fills, and um, it's a lot of it. Do you feel like based on the who you true stories, you're getting a wide range of just what makes Houston Houston? Can you give us a little sneak peek on what you you got so far? Uh, one person shared a story about how they almost got mugged down in the bayou like while they were running oh wow one person talked about a story of during the pandemic how like just being stuck at home and then they oh and then they just w- went up and just just was like i'm just gonna do a train a train trip oh across the country cool yeah it's a lot of different things and i kind of got this idea i'm gonna i'm going to i want to get more random randomized stories from people so I'm going to do some like, uh, Bill, I'm going to get my Billy on the street on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just go out with a microphone? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do some of that. I'm going to do some of that, you know, hit some markets and such. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about like what, what I can do with this and how, how, uh-huh. uh, and the sto- again, how the stories come. Cause I, I, and it's really, and a lot of people want structure, but they, but here's the thing that I've noticed about people, people who, They'd be wanting structure, and then they won't follow it. So <laughs> that's human. People don't listen, right? You know what I mean? They don't listen, and so they're like, "Oh, I don't know what to say." I'm like, "Well, if I told you to write it, you wouldn't do that." Either. <laughs> so, so, yo, so I, I kind of prompt people. Oh, it sounds like a humans of Houston vibe, like versus humans of New York. Humans of yeah. New York, yeah, I remember that. I used to, yeah, kind of, mm-hmm. a little bit. It's like I'm inspired by a lot of those things. Um, yeah, I'm inspired by uh, humans in New York, and uh, long time ago, uh, Marlon Hall and Danielle Fanfare. They had folklore films, and I still go back and watch those and and, and look over them and such like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, there does there is that kind of vibe for sure. Yeah. You mentioned that the library will get the money if there is any money. I, I assume this is more of a passion project than a real money-making enterprise. Mm-hmm. But do you get paid as poet laureate? Yeah. How do you support yourself? I'm a poet. I'm a poet full time. I, I uh, people book me uh-huh. to to perform. Yeah. And I do large commission works. Uh-huh. Um, I recently was named um, the Academy of American Poets Poet Laureate Fellow awardee <laughs> and, that's, and that's for two years so i was like yeah you had to be a poet in order to get that prize award okay I, you have to be a poet laureate oh. so i got selected out of other poet laureates in the country um it's like a fellowship mm-hmm. for since 2009 i've been working with writers in the schools as a writer and then um in 2013 um 
and, and since 2009, two, since 2008, I had been working with Metaphor Houston when Shannon Bugs and uh, Wagon, they, uh, Shannon was the founder of Metaphor Houston. So she, yeah. she uh, after I graduated from college, she brought me into the fold and had me working with the young people. So I did that for a long time. And then writers in the schools essentially took it in or acquired writer, uh, Metaphor Houston. And I was on, and then I was put on staff. And that's been like the baseline of my income. I also tour. I have, have a one man show, books. Like I do a lot of different things. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, yeah, going into classrooms, yeah, and going to classrooms and such. Everything I do is poetry-based, mm-hmm. poetry-minded. You're very much a performance poet, right? You're not up in some attic writing by yourself all alone. Oh, I need to be in an attic writing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm not an actor. So you write it first? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I write it. And um, I, um, I wish, man, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I wish I was like, oh man, no, don't talk to me for three months, and, and I'll come back with a password. I don't know actually how that works, but um, yeah, like no, I write little by little. I try to write every day. I write little by little. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I, I try. Oh, well, as it says, I try to chase my inspiration. Um, I don't think inspiration is for me. Is not something that will come to me, and if it does, great. That, but. I have to create constantly to get to that that part. And then if I don't, if it's trash, cool. But I may need something later when I go back and I'm like, oh, actually, I'm in a different mindset. Maybe I can expand more on that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like a lot of my poems I write, <clears throat> I, I write in parcels as, uh, or I'll have a concept of an idea and I'll just, Right, little by little by little by little. The only time where I'm like, especially now where I'm just writing things out is when you pay me to do it. Like if so, <laughs> like, if I commission you to write a poem about broccoli. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him turning a poem. I could see him making a cool poem out of broccoli, though, because I feel like you make poems honestly out of really anything. So I think you could make a good poem out of broccoli. I think so. I know I can, um, but you know. Especially if I'm paying you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> time I used to do like poetry busking with my handwriting. I have really good handwriting. Oh, I love poetry buskers. Write poems. It was called five minute poems. I would do that. Like people would, I would have a jar of words. People would pick three words or not, whatever. Like I told you, we've gone over this, right? People don't listen. <laughs> I would write these poems for people right there in front of them and perform it and um, all under five minutes. And uh, so so the idea like of me being able to do that is there. But, you know, so, you know, it's just like when we're working and going things right now, just. Yeah. But yeah, I need to. I wish I was an addict. <laughs> Take, well, taking us back to when you first became interested in poetry, did you ever think that you could be a full time poet? Because I think some people think, you know, when you want to be a full time artist, that's so hard to make work financially. It is hard. It's still hard. It's still hard. Um, I'm in the best financial state I've ever been in my life. And it's still it's still difficult. And uh it's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of thinking in the future. A lot of thinking forward. A lot of preparing, um, like being being present. But all, like, you know, capitalism is like the thief of creativity, right? Uh, <laughs> more than that is 
poverty is actually the thief of creativity mm-hmm. because yeah. you know when I I would get creative of how to like make my ends meet when I was uh, uh, when I when I wasn't like financially stable um, I didn't go back home or anything you know I kind of just grit my teeth and um, a lot of my creativity went into mm. what I'm going to tell Center Point. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. A lot of my creativity went to, you know, taking, all right, so I won't pay for this, or I won't eat here. And like my creativity was still being used, it was just going other places. And so, but that's like capitalistic, right? And so I was fortunate enough to see examples of people who, were already doing it and like had families and such like that and like the things in their lives already in line i was fortunate enough to see it and so and so i and so when i made the decision it was just something of like i was like okay i'm going to figure out how to get like a baseline of of money somehow um and um and that's what writers of the schools came came in but yeah like it was it was something that and once you have that baseline it frees your mind a little bit a little bit because it's just the base right so then i was like touring and then i would tour the country and such like that i would i didn't have to worry about bills once i got to a point and um and so you know and now it's now um i mean 10 years i've been i've been doing it professionally over 10 years and so this is this is something that is like okay i and i'm and i'm seeing new paths of of income and of ways to to make money and also like the traditional things i still haven't put, 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 released a book yet like uh, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been published right. um, so that's like always going to be there too right so there's yeah i'm just looking at scope of everything could you perform something for us? Yeah, of course. Uh, I was hoping so. You know, we're in Texas, or I'm at. I'm in Texas. I don't know where y'all are. We're here. <laughs> we're right here Houston. in Houston. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like the the holy trinity of Texas is uh, Whataburger, H E B, and Bucky's. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. Like that is definitely the. <laughs> you were just talking about capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> But even even if you're on your last dollar, you're gonna go to Waterburger. Honestly, I feel like. Well, actually, H E. I would go to H E B. H E B got the best prices. <laughs> <laughs> I I reached a point of no return. Then I remembered my promise, in making me a customer to my service. That came with non-negotiable terms targeted as a non-Walmart policy that I can't nor won't return myself. You see, when I left the shelf, the top one, I started life. These priceless times have been tagged on me. I have to remind myself to retell myself not to discount me. I am the manager on call and general the question to how I can help you. Well, that's always found on the road with the mirrors. What's new in store has always been in store. The inventory has been barcoded and accounted for. My worth is my offer. No, no, no. You don't understand, y'all. That that, that is my only offer, attention shoppers. We have a steal of a deal. Here I am on or in the aisle. I am no longer waiting for intercoms to announce my calling. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. That is so perfect after the conversation we just had. Thank you so much. 
That was great. Thank you. I want Whataburger now. Dean, thank you so much for talking with us. I I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm actually I'm actually subscribed. Yes. <laughs> Yay. That was Outspoken Bean. We'll have a link to his webpage and social media in our show notes. Next up, I'm here with producer Carleon Jones. Carly, what is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. We all know the Astros are doing an amazing job right now in the playoffs, which is great. But their winning season might actually make some Elton John-loving Houstonians upset. This is because the 75-year-old singer has canceled his Houston stop on his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour due to the Astros advancing to the MLB playoffs. The concert was scheduled at Minute Maid Park on November 4th, which is the same location and day Game 6 would be taking place for the Astros if they advance the World Series. This is sad news for fans of the singer since this is his final tour, and the show will not be rescheduled. And I know this isn't the best comfort, but tickets to the show will be automatically refunded to all fans. That's it for our show today. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about ways to celebrate the spooky season in Houston. Talk with you then. Oh, I mean, yo. Yeah. I am the city. I'm not only the Poet Laureate of Houston. I am the Poet Laureate of CityCast Houston. You know what I mean? Mm, so. Yes. We'll make use of this. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs>